Hi, and welcome to Five Compelling Questions with Sean. This is the podcast where we talk with writers about writing and publishing and books and creativity and getting your words on the page and getting them out the door to your editor. I am really happy today to have a returning guest, uh, Linda Norlander. How are you doing, Linda? I'm great. Thanks. I'm so happy to see you on Zoom. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're on opposite sides of the country. I think, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm I'm in Tacoma uh, on the Pacific side. You're in the Atlantic side, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We call it, we. I live in the Mid Atlantic. We call it. We're in the Mid Atlantic states. I'm in the middle. Oh, okay. I'm in the middle of the East Coast, but I am an East Coaster person. I've grown up on the East Coast my whole life. So I will introduce you once again, even though I've already introduced you before. It doesn't matter. People are new to okay. the show. You never know who's listening for the first time. Um, Linda Norlander is the author of A Cabin by the Lake mystery series set in northern Minnesota. Previous books in the series include Death of an Editor and Death of a Starling. Norlander has published award-winning short stories, op-ed pieces, and short humor featured in regional and national publications. Before taking up a pen to write murder mysteries, she worked in public health and end-of-life care. Norlander, Norlander, Linda, Linda, <laughs> so formal. Linda resides in Tacoma, Washington with her spouse. And um, we love Linda here at the show. So thank you for coming back. Yes, thank you for having me back. Yeah, I can't wait to interrogate you again. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So we talked about the series. What is the, new, what is the newest book in the series? What is it called? It's called uh, Death of the Snow Ghost. Um, with the series, uh, I'm, it, it takes place in northern Minnesota, and each book takes you through a different season. So Death of an Editor was summer, Death of a Starling was fall, and now Death of a Snow Ghost is, surprise, winter. Yeah, yeah, and there's um, your cover, your, books, your, co your book covers are very cool because it's obviously very um, related to the seasons so you have them hanging up behind you I can see and it's, it'll be fun to have I mean what are you gonna do when the seasons are done you're gonna just go to months what are you gonna do <laughs> that's, like a, that's like a January jaybird I don't know I got to think of something else oh dear uh let, let's not go there yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm stressing you out already it is an yeah. interrogation um cool well my first official question then will be how did you arrive at the title of your book I'm, I'm speaking of this latest book Oh, Death of a Snow Ghost. Well, interestingly enough, um, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to do the books in the seasons. And um, the original title for it was uh, Death of Snow White. And uh, somebody who was very astute said, uh, that name Snow White is owned by Disney. <laughs> Yeah. You put that on the cover and you might get sued. <laughs> so I had to, uh, I had to work a little bit to come up with a, a different name, but I, I like the idea of the snow and of, of, of something in the snows and, and the ghost worked beautifully for the book. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a scene in the book and it's early on, so it's not giving anything away, but the character when she's little, doesn't she witness something? that yes. uh, sticks with her through her adult life? Yes, um, she's, she's the main character who, who lives in Northern Minnesota now is actually a New York City girl. She was born and, and raised in New York City. And as a child, um, she was going with her mother 
to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and they walked through a park and there was a, a woman who looked like she was sleeping on a, um, on a park bench with the snow on her. And, um, and to Jamie, the main character, she thought of it as, oh, well, she's, she looks kind of like a snow ghost. So that's something that has always stuck with her um, through her uh, into her adult life. Yeah, yeah. And then she finds another woman in the snow in the, you know, in the first parts of the book too. And it's just very well done and well, well tied together. If I do say so myself as your editor. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I, I would like you to write a five-star review, please. I think we did great. <laughs> we'll just go with that. Yes, I well, I do. I do give you all. I, I do on Goodreads. I do. I do read all your books and put them on. Well, because I've read them a bunch of times. It's not like I'm lying. I have, I've definitely read them. Um, okay. Next question: Has anything you've written surprised you? In other words, you had no idea something was going to happen, and then it wound up on the page. Oh, it, you know what? I think that happens all the time. Um, and I've talked to other writers who say the same thing. When I sit down to write, generally I have an idea of what it, what's going to come next. And every once in a while I'll be writing along and a character will pop in. And I'm kind of sitting there going, well, where did you come from? Um, I have an ongoing character in my series called Clarence. Clarence is a, an 80-something-year-old uh, lawyer, uh, very feisty, um, quite a character. And I had no intention of putting a character like that in the book, and he just showed up. He showed up in the first book, and um, he's, uh, he stayed with me. Um, the other character... Uh, if you can call it a character that just sort of showed up, was um, Jamie has a dog named Bronte, who's a, who's a rescue dog, uh, just a very happy lab mix, wonderful dog. Um, and he just, or she just sort of showed up. I originally wrote the first book uh, that she would have a cat. Um, and it turned out as I was trying to fit the cat into the book, I didn't like the cat. <laughs> so it was very nice that uh that the dog showed up instead so there is no cat in this series but uh there is a, a very happy dog yeah and i like bronte i like i think it's great yeah. that she has a dog and that's such a great dog name too um <laughs> you know and they just naming your dog something like that then everyone will be like okay i, I really you're, you're obviously an english major or, or book lover or something you know that's what it, it would imply to me so that's, i think you know, when you name something, it's, it's significant, it's important, you know, so, but yeah, I love Bronte, um, and I'm glad he's, she's not a cat, although I like cats too, don't get mad at me, cat lovers, I love cats too, relax, okay, and in my next series, I do have a cat, but, uh, but I just, it just didn't fit in this one, right, that particular cat was annoying, so you yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we've all seen the, the jerk cats out there, um, what is, so next question, what is the most difficult part of the creative writing process for you and what is the easiest? Um, I'm gonna go with the easiest first. Um, interestingly enough, the easiest for me is the beginning. Um, I have no problem sitting down and uh, starting to write a book. I, what, before I sit down, I usually have, I have the idea for the book and where it's going to go and all of that in my, in my head. And the first 
couple chapters are usually pretty easy to read, to write. However, then we get into what I call the messy middle. I know my beginning. I know pretty much how it's going to end, but somehow you have to get from the beginning to the end. And I really um, sort of slog around in the messy middle. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I kind of look at it like a, a, a road trip. You know, you're going on a trip, you're gonna go to, uh, go to the um, uh, Yellowstone and you're very excited at the beginning. And then, and then you start driving through, oh, North Dakota and it, it just, it, things just kind of slow down and you maybe take some wrong turns and things like that. And that's what I call, that's, that's the messy middle for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good analogy too, because it is like that, you know, definitely. Road trips are always fun in theory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so and you're always happy when you get to the end. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. After all the nasty bathrooms and stuff in the middle. So yeah, could... yeah that's right. <laughs> like this, who decided we should do this today? Um, cool. Well, I think that's very um, good advice you know get yourself to the end you can fix the middle later and then you you know you have people like me that follow behind you and say well why would she why would she do that and maybe we should change this and you know but it's good to have that feedback from and in a, in a very lovely nice way like I do it not in a mean way but um, some people are mean <laughs> but that I think you do have to get to the and it's getting to that mucky part is um challenging but we all have to do it and then you get to the end and it's you just fix it you fix it later I love fixing yeah. it later that's my thing fix it later I have a, a writer friend who, who calls it uh, retrofitting. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I better throw some clues in back that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, I do that. I'm famous for that. Like, you have to go back and weave them in because, you know, you don't always know the end when you get to the end. So. Right. Well, you do a good job and it, the, it, the stories do hold together and they keep your interest the whole time. And I think it's the setting. I love the cabin. And I love um, her and the fact that she's just, you know, so determined and the fish out of water thing, her being a New yeah. Yorker. And then she's constantly like questioning if she should even live there. Which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, should I even be here, you know, the whole time? And you're like, um, maybe by book seven, she's gonna have to decide if she literally likes living there or not. You know, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> so give it up and not try to drive in the winter. Um, she had to... Uh, she, she had to look at YouTube videos to learn how to drive in the winter because she's a, she's a New York City girl. She didn't actually drive much until now. She's in her 30s. And, um, you know, in New York City, you take public transportation. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. I, my, I, don't, I don't do snow driving if I don't have to because um, mm -hmm. I, I grew up in Florida um, where <laughs> it, does, it does not snow. And then Maryland's not, you know, it's not, and I only lived here for a short time for college, which I didn't do a lot of driving because I didn't have a car because I was in college. <laughs> and then I went straight to New York after graduation and I didn't, I didn't drive a lot up, you know, you, always, you just don't, you know, and I was there for almost mm -hmm. 10 years. So then I became an adult. I mean, I was an adult technically, but you know, you become like a 30 year old and you're like, oh, I've never driven in the snow before. That's good. I don't want to do it now. I'm terrible at it. So I just, <laughs> I only go if I really honestly have to go. Yeah, I'm just like, no, I'm just not going. And then like people that have always lived here or other people that are not me will say, it's just a little snow, it's fine. You can still go out for lunch. I'm like, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's no subway to the restaurant. So I guess I won't be going to that. Um, very good. Well, you're doing great so far. So now I have to choose a fourth question for you. And what shall it be? I will ask you this. If you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? 
Oh boy, um, I, I've been thinking about that a lot. Uh, uh, first thing I would say to my younger writing self is um, learn about word count. Uh, for years, I was uh, I was writing what I thought were full length novels that were, you know, thirty five thousand words, <laughs> and it was actually a uh, an agent that I had queried that got back to me and said, you know, your writing is good, but um, this is too short. And yeah. she sent me a link to uh, a page that said, mysteries are between 70,000 and 90,000 words. And, and it, you know, kind of gave the layout. And I thought, oh my God, I've been writing all these years and I didn't know this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that would be one. The, the other thing that I would seriously tell my, my younger writing self is that when you're young, um, take advantage of being young. One of the things that when I was in college, I was very directed, very focused. That When I got out of college, I would have some skill where I could get a job right away. Um, I, I went into nursing, which was something that I really loved. But I look back and think those were the years when I could have been taking the English classes, the philosophy, the art, uh, all those kinds of things I could explore. Um, and I didn't. Um, now, interestingly enough, that was the advice that I gave to my daughter when she was in college. I said, you know, this is your time to explore. <laughs> and and uh, um, she, uh, several years after graduating from college, sat down with me and she said, but mom, you told me to explore, but when I graduated, I didn't have any skills. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I don't think she regretted what she did. Of course not, no. Well, that was me. I was, I was an English major and a philosophy minor. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. and, and good luck with that, getting a job when you graduate. Yeah. Go work at a philosophy store in you know, New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do think being in, you know, I think the idea for English majors is always like, oh, you can fall back on teaching, but it's like, who wants to do that all? You know, I, my mom was an English teacher. I admire teachers a lot, but it's, it just wasn't something I was ever interested in spending time with other people's children when I was in my twenties, like, no, thank you. You know, <laughs> no, thanks. Um, now I'd be probably, you know, I, I enjoy children now, but I did not, not that I, I, you know, I didn't dislike them. I just didn't, I didn't want to hang around with them every single day. Um, if you know what I mean? <laughs> I had yeah. other aspirations. <laughs> I do. It was not up my alley, but um, yeah. But I do think if you have a good, strong grasp of our the language, and are really good at communicating, which is what really, honestly, an English major should come out of school knowing. And I did take uh, editing, so I, I mean, I understood technical writing and all that stuff when I when I graduated. So I did have a skill per se, but it does. It really every industry ha needs people that can communicate well, and uh, oh, normally yeah. that's a salesperson or um, a person that's writing your sales items or your public facing information. So, you, you know, you want someone that can spell <laughs> and uh, write well to be the, you know, the voice of your company. So it does, it is not wasted at all. You just have to get into this group. But I always was always a salesperson because A, my personality, I can talk anyone's ear off all day about random stuff. Um, you know, so that just is what a salesperson is. That's all you do is talk, talk to strangers about things that they might be interested in. Um, and then writing. And then editing, I did a lot of editing for other people for, I've done that for a really long time. So I've always used it, but yeah, I, I get that. I'm mean, gonna have many, many, many friends who wanted to be writers 
and you know they their parents were saying you know you should just get like a law degree or something and then fall back on writing when you're bored or <laughs> if that doesn't work out because it's not you know it's not hard it's not easy to be I'm like a novelist you know but you get there if you just keep trying keep working hard which you know clearly we did but nursing is is another noble it's I tried right up there with teaching it's just a noble profession and we all need them and uh thank you for doing that and I couldn't do it I couldn't do either one of those jobs <laughs> You know, the, the, the thing that you talk about, uh, though, with an English major in communication, that's certainly huge in healthcare. And I actually found that my, my love of writing, which I have always had, uh, worked out well for me being a nurse, too. Um, I wrote a couple of books uh, that were, my, my passion was hospice and end-of-life care. And I wrote a couple of books that were, one was for nurses who normally don't take care of dying patients, but you know, sort of to know what you don't know. Um, and another one was for, and this was back, uh, it, it was 20 years ago, but it was for baby boomers on how to talk to their parents about advanced care planning. So, and that all fit in with the, the nursing work that I was doing. Yeah, yeah, you got to, you use, you know, being a, being an English major or, or writing is for every profession. They all, everyone needs it. So I'm glad that you were able to use it before you became a fiction novelist. Yeah. Well, and uh, and what I found is that I, I didn't take the English classes, so I'm always appreciative of a good editor. <laughs> I'm still not sure where the commas go. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I'm the only one that knows where the commas go. <laughs> Everybody has the same questions all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, that's what they taught me. They drilled it into my head and uh, I have it in there and it's, I have it so bad. It's, I do have like OCD and, uh, but I use it in positive. I use it for good instead of for evil. I, do, I just fix people's commas and that's how I use my OCD. <laughs> so I yes. can't let one go I by. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a highly sought after skill mm -hmm. that I have. So my fifth question is, what did you want to be when you grow up? When you grew up? <laughs> verb, verb tenses are important too. Yeah, well, I, I, I thought about that, too. Of course, I always, I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to write books. But I think the first thing that I really wanted to be when I grew up was a cowgirl. <laughs> now, I don't know why, but I was, I was that little girl who was fascinated with horses. Um, and in fact, I used to sleep with a picture of Trigger under my pillow. Oh, that's so cute. Now, sadly, of course, we had no horses. Um, and I've ridden a horse maybe once in my entire life uh, as a grown up. And what I discovered was, you know, if you don't know how to ride a horse, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so I, I, I moved on from wanting to be a cowgirl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's good. I'm glad you did what you did instead. Yeah. But that, that's so cute that you really loved horses. We had, my grandparents had uh, ponies at their house. Um, and we could, you could ride them in theory, but they hated it. So the whole, their whole goal, the minute you got on was to knock you off. So like, you know, you're little, we're little kids. <laughs> These stupid ponies, Cricket and Pepper, I'll never forget their names. They would run um, under the trees on purpose and try to knock you off with the branch. Like, you know. So my grandmother's oh my out there goodness. and this is like back in the seventies, nobody cares if you got your head chopped off, <laughs> they're yeah. just gonna, you know, lay down on the couch, you're fine and have some tea. You know, they're not, not, they weren't too worried about us getting our heads knocked off. 
Um, but we, after a while, you're just like, oh, I hate those ponies. They're not gonna, you know, they're no fun because they won't let us ride them. And then my, we took, my mom took us to, um, I think it was, was one of the big national parks and like in the Smoky Mountains or so, I don't know. In the, I think we were in the Smoky Mountains and we went, we rode horses. We went on like a, a guided horse trail something. Mm -hmm. A trail ride, uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm, I'm on this horse and I look down to my right, it's just a sheer drop off, you know, just like down the mountain. And my horse's foot, I could see it was like right at the edge the whole time. And I was so scared. And then my sister's horse was in front of me. Her horse kept like crapping, pooping. And then my horse kept stepping in it and sliding in the poop. And I'm like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> and again, I was not a, I was like a child. I was like eight years old. But I just remember thinking, I can't wait to get off this horse because we're all gonna die here in this, on this side of this mountain. Because nobody cares that the horses are trying to, anyway. I just had the impression of horses that they don't, they don't want you on them. They want you off. They want, they're going to try to get you off. And if they need to kill you to do it, they're going to do that. So I don't have a, I mean, I don't hate horses either. I like cats and horses, everyone. Please don't send me emails. <laughs> but my personal experience, I'm more of a city girl and I don't need to ride a horse again. I like, I admire them from afar. I think they're pretty animals and they're um, wonderful and police ride them and all that. That's cool. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I figured out, uh, uh, you know that I, I it turned out I was uh, I was far as I grew older I was far less interested in trigger and more interested in the cowboys mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah our uh, our attention our attentions do shift from animal to man eventually or woman yep. well yep. very good very good so this is the third book in the series what is going on with you next what are you up to are you writing more books in the series are you out on tour what's happening Oh, oh, to be out on tour, right. <laughs> Since my first book debuted at, at the height of uh, the, the lockdown and the pandemic, <laughs> um, I've, um, I, I'll tell you that I've got two projects going. Uh, first, I have a book from another series coming out in November. Um, and this is another mystery series. Uh, it, I, the working title right now is what Goldie witnessed. And by the way, Goldie is a cat. Um, mm -hmm. And it, the book involves the main character is a school teacher uh, and her sidekick is her um, neighbor, Mrs. Wilkins, who is 84 years old. And, um, and, um, and then there's a ghost. So more gotcha. to come on that. Cool. And then a year from now, um, the next book in the Cabin by the Lake series will be out and that will take place in spring. That will be and fun. I'm working on that one too. Very good. Well, I cannot wait to read those and um, everyone needs to run out and get all of the books in the series. We need to, we need to help Linda get out of, how to lock down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, please. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I appreciate it. Um, it's great to see you. And then I hope everything continues to go well for you for the rest thank of you. ever, forever. Good. Good. Thanks again. Thanks for coming. Okay. All right. And you take care. I appreciate you too. Yeah. Bye. Take care of my commas, the, the next, um, <laughs> the next manuscript you edit. I'll get my big broom out and bring, get those commas out of there for you. No problem. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.